The Very Hungry Caterpillar by Eric Carl. In the light of the moon, a little egg lay on a leaf. One Sunday morning, the warm sun came up, and pop, out of the egg came a tiny and very hungry caterpillar. He started to look for some food. On Monday, he ate through one apple, but he was still hungry. On Tuesday, he ate through two pears, but he was still hungry. On Wednesday, he ate through three plums, but he was still hungry. On Thursday, he ate through four strawberries, but he was still hungry. On Friday, he ate through five oranges, but he was still hungry. On Saturday, he ate through one piece of chocolate cake, one ice cream cone, one pickle, one slice of Swiss cheese, one slice of salami, one lollipop, one piece of cherry pie, one sausage, one cupcake, and one slice of watermelon. That night, he had a stomach ache. The next day was Sunday again. The caterpillar ate through one nice green leaf, and after that, he felt much better. Now he wasn't hungry anymore, and he wasn't a little caterpillar anymore. He was a big, fat caterpillar. He built a small house, called a cocoon around himself. He stayed inside for more than two weeks. Then he nibbled a hole in the cocoon, pushed his way out, and he was a beautiful butterfly. There is something innocent about the growth in nature. The caterpillar, for example. It exists as one thing until it eats and eats and eats and eventually cocoons itself, preparing itself to be completely changed into a new being. Like the dreaded Kandiru, who swims up your urethra to feast upon your testicles. No? This guy with the fucking testicles. Sorry, it's a compulsion. (laughs) He has testicle compulsions. compulsions. (laughs) (laughs) Just grab him in the biscuits. (sighs) That's my purse. I don't know you. (laughs) This is the story of the very hungry caterpillar. This is Toys for Us. All of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Hello. Hi. Welcome back once again to the Toys R Us podcast, your weekly deep dive into the oceans of our past, delivering to you the treasures that is knowledge. Ooh. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me as always is my cousin and co-host, Brian Muth. Hey, everybody. Brian. Yes, sir. This week, as we get closer to Thanksgiving, we are going to discuss one very, very hungry caterpillar. I think we all become very hungry caterpillars around this time of year. That's true, dude. Like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Pillowy mounds of mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shredder. God, I know. <laughs> oh, I think he's shredding. R.I.P. James Avery. God. R.I.P. Dude. Fucking sad, man. Yeah. Uh, did you know that when a caterpillar becomes a butterfly, mm-hmm. its DNA makeup changes yeah. 100%. Yeah. Isn't that fucking yeah, wild? Yeah, it, it gooifies itself inside. The cocoon and rebuilds itself. That's so fucking How weird. How fucking wild is that? 
damn nature you scary <laughs> <laughs> that's some like david cronenberg shit right there it really is speaking of hmm does it hurt your soul like it hurts mine oh no to realize that jeff goldblum is now a piece of shit yeah it does like i just bought this ian malcolm figure too <laughs> And I was like, oh, man. It's just like... Am I going to have to post my other action figures torturing him or executing him or... Yeah. Like, putting him in action figure jail yeah. for being a creeper? It's sad, you know? Like, What's even more t- fucked up is Facebook is deleting, like, actively deleting that thread that I showed you. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Like, the next <sighs> day, it was it was gone from everybody that had shared it. That's fucking wild. Yeah. He's still huge on Instagram. He just yeah. fucking put his text, his number to text. Yeah. Yesterday. Fucking. I'm like, oh, man. I don't get it's it. It's like, man. I, fuck. It's worse than Spacey. Well, okay, not worse than Spacey. I would but say worse than No, Spacey. I like Goblin more than I like Spacey. So for me, it's worse than Spacey. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, man. Life uh, finds a way to make you a piece of shit, I guess. Yep. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Definitely. But it's just like, one of those things where like, you put two and two together and yeah, you're like, you like, know what? Yeah. It's like, even in like, when Jurassic Park came out, I'm like, this guy fucks. Uh-huh. This guy fucks a lot. Now it's apparently whether or not you want it. Yeah, it's like, he's beaming you sex rays constantly. Mm. Which I, we all know somebody with that energy. Yeah. You're just like, that, that's that's beyond big dick energy. <laughs> can you can you fucking chill for a yeah, moment? Just like put You don't have to be firing away. at all pistons at all <laughs> time. Like holster it. Hang it up for a minute. Okay? No man, I'm fucked up fuck, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Stop. Dude, dude. It's okay. Stop. You got nothing to prove. That's it too. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. They're trying to prove it. It's like Alright, Kyle. But see, it is. <laughs> the aforementioned Kyle. The aforementioned Kyle. Or as we, we call him, Carl. 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 I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm never going to be a person that will side with the accused. Yeah. No. So people people are like, but, but no, look at him. Look at him in his picture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look at him. You can tell he's he, he's working on how to unwrap you like a fucking Twix bar. Oh, yeah. Like everybody, I'm sure. Uh-huh. This dude fucks. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Unfortunate. It hurts my heart. But at the same time, it's like... I'm not surprised. I did see this coming. If you don't learn to cancel people... Yeah. You're just going to let toxicity live. Yeah. And, like, encourage that behavior, which is not... Acceptable. Not acceptable. It's not right. No. It's just... I don't know, man. That's why they say never meet your heroes. Yeah. That's why... Oh, man. You know, because we got, you know, our press passes for C2E2 mm-hmm. and all that. And I'm like, fucking Shatner's going to be there. I feel like Shatner. 
I've will hold up. I, I've actively avoided him because you know it's You're like afraid. Yeah, because like I'm OG Star Trek. Like I was watching reruns. Oh yeah. As soon as I could understand what the fuck was going on. It, it's it's one of these things where it's like. I was I was talking about Good Mythical Morning and how like out of anybody, yeah, I would be the most nervous to meet Red and Link. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Because I've I've been watching Red and Link for ten or eleven years at this point. But the funny thing about it is, is I think there is a lot of I see a lot of ourselves. Yeah. In them. Yeah. You know. I mean. Yeah. All right. Is it the other way around? I don't know. Anyways. I, there's a lot of similarities between yeah. you know, like our banter and their banter, and and it's just like you gotta consider, and a lot of people really don't like. Why are you getting so geeked up about meeting a celebrity? Well, because at a certain point, they they stop being a celebrity, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Think about how much time you've spent with this person. Yes, yes. And granted, it's like not reciprocated because right. that's just the nature of entertainment. Yes, but. The countless hours Mm -hmm. you've spent with this person. You know, and like with Rhett and Lincoln's different, I would say, than Shatner because they're not, they're not, I mean, they probably are to an extent playing up certain aspects of their personality. Probably. At the end of the day, it's just Rhett and Link. Right. Now, like with Shatner, he's playing a character. Yeah. Now, like, but I think like with every performance, you bring parts of yourself yes, into it. absolutely. But at the end of the day, it, it's scripted, you know? Yes. So it's 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 hard to be put in that position where you're like, I I need to meet this person, but at the end of the day... Like, I'm, I'm legitimately considering it. I'm thinking, it's like, man, I might wait it's like life. It's like my horror movies in the 70s and 80s worked because they left a lot of it to your imagination. It's true. Yeah. Right? If you meet that person, it'll destroy. It's like watching. Or, it's like it's like having a book that you love being adapted. Yeah, yeah. Because then from that point on, whether or not you want it to be in your head, you're going to see the characters mm-hmm. that are played by the actors. Yeah. Now you know you're never going to have that connection of this is how I see this one person. Right. Or this is how I pronounce their name. You see it in the book, or you even read the audio book. You're like. It's like, oh, wait a minute. What? I was way off base. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, luckily for you, holes got made right. So right. (laughs) Actually, luckily for all of us, because that fucking movie slips. So damn good. So damn good. All that being said, are you ready to cocoon ourselves and emerge on the other side a little bit smarter? Let's unwrap this. We start our tale in 1929. Ooh. Eric Carl was born in 1929 to Johanna and Eric Carl in Syracuse, New York. When he was six years old, his mother, homesick for Germany, led the family back to Stuttgart. He was educated there and graduated from the local art school, the State Academy of Fine Arts, Stuttgart. Nice. Eric's father was drafted into the German army at the beginning of World War II, 1939, and taken prisoner by the Soviet forces when Germany capitulated early in 1949. That's not... Or 1945, the end of the war. That's not an enviable place to be. Not at all. Although now, Very Hungry Caterpillar 
tangentially related to Viewmaster. Oh, wow. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. Uh, Eric's father, Eric Sr., but not really Eric Sr., because his father's name ends in an H. Oh, and his is with his a C? His is with a C. Mm. Uh, returned in 1947, weighing 85 pounds. Oh, fuck. When he came home, he was a broken man, Eric Carl told The Guardian years later. He was, a dead, a Nazi. he was a dead man, psychologically, physically devastated. Eric had been sent to the small town of Schwenningen to escape the bombings of Stuttgart. And when he was 15, the German government conscripted boys of that age to do trenches on the Siegfried line. Uh, speaking of mm-hmm. little German boys, uh, I really want to see that flick Jojo Rabbit. Ah, oh, God, I know. Like, I got it. I fucking have to see it. I love Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi has knocked out of the park everything that he's ever done. That's right. Like, he made Green Lantern bearable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good old fucking Taika Waititi. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, he does not care to think about his time on the safe line. He says his wife thinks he suffers from PTSD. Understandable. He said, you know about the Siegfried line, to dig, dren- to dig trenches. And the first day, three people were killed a few feet away from us. Oh. None of us children. Um, Russian, pri- Russian prisoners were also conscripted uh, workers. The nurses came and started crying. And in Stuttgart, our hometown, our house was the only one standing. Fuck. When I say standing, I mean the roof and the windows are gone and the doors. And well, there you are. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Very dark. Uh, one brave teacher stood out, Herr Krauss, Carl's art teacher. And she took a great personal risk to show the eager student reproductions of forbidden artworks by artists the Nazis dubbed degenerate, hmm. such as Picasso, Klee, Matisse, and some German expressionists. Carl later said it had been a shock to be shown real art. I was used to art being flag-waving, gun-toting uh, Aryans, <laughs> super realistic Aryan farmers, the women, and their brute arms, he said in 2009. Always homesick for America, Eric dreamed of returning home one day. He eventually made it to New York City in 1952 with only $40 in savings and landed a job as a graphic designer in the promotion department of the New York Times. After these messages, we'll be right back. From the creator of the hit Western comic, Plume, now comes friend of the show's Kaylin Smith's new series, For Goodness Sake. Thatcher is on a journey of self-destruction after he finds himself cursed. Turning more and more demonic as the days go by, he soon runs into the free-spirited Rain, who believes there might be a way to cure him. Together, they travel the country, working to unravel his predicament, while trying to survive each other. For more information on how to bring this creation into the world, Follow her on Instagram under Handmade Crown, or visit kaylinsmith.net for more information. And now, back to the show. He was drafted into the U.S. Army during the Korean War and stationed in Germany. <laughs> With a, Fuck, he can't get away from it. <laughs> he cannot. With the 2nd Armored Division as a mail clerk. After uh, discharge, he returned to his old job with the New York Times. Later, he became the art director of an advertising agency. Educator and author Bill Martin Jr. first noticed the illustration of a red lobster Carl had created for the advertisement and asked him to collaborate on a picture book. 
Brown Bear, Brown Bear, What Do You See? was published by Henry Holt and Company in 1957 and became a bestseller. This began Carl's career as an illustrator, as he was soon writing and illustrating his own stories. His first books as both author and illustrator were One, Two, Three to the Zoo and The Very Hungry Caterpillars, from G.P. Putnam and Son, uh, 1969. Have we talked about G.P. Putnam and Son? Um, Sounds very familiar, It does seem familiar, yeah. Oh, okay. Here we go. We have talked about G.B. Putnam's and Son before, because uh, Stephen Gamel, illustrator of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, got his start with uh, G.P. Putnam's in 1973. Okay. So a little bit after Carl's time, but... Yeah. But still. But still, right around the same. Contemporaries. Good fucking times. Fucking A. After working with Martin, Carl began thinking about creating his own book. And one day he was idly playing with a hole puncher, making holes in stacks of papers. <laughs> he thought of a fat bookworm and began sketching out a story called A Week with Willie the Worm. His editor, Anne Benedus, did not warm to the idea of a worm and suggested that he turn the caterpillar or turn the worm into a caterpillar. Yeah, that seems more palatable. Yeah. The idea for a distinctive hole running through the book um, pages caused problems, but Benedict can uh, located a Japanese printer able to produce copies for an economical cost, and the book was published by the World Publishing Company with little fanfare on a Tuesday in June 1969, a day overshadowed by news of a naval naval disaster that cost 74 American lives. The Very Hungry Caterpillar was far from an instant success, and sales were slow. It took five or six years for me to make enough money to live a very modest life, Carl has said to the Independent. His modest life led to countless memories for so many children. Yes, absolutely. He said most children can identify with the helpless, small, insignificant caterpillar and then rejoice with it when he turns into a beautiful butterfly. Yeah. He told people in March 2019. It's an affirmation to all children. It says, I too can grow up. I too can unfold my wings and fly into the world. I think it's this message of hope that resonates. I think that's pretty well said. Right? Like, Yeah. It, it's so difficult to be a child and like you can't even recall how difficult it is yeah. because you don't fucking remember yeah. being a child, you know? Yeah. You're just this thing that exists for <laughs> nobody. Yeah. It's just... It really kind of fucks with your head if you really stop to analyze that. Yeah. Yeah, it really, it really fucking does. You're, <laughs> you're, you're kind of just an accessory for a certain amount of years. Yeah. You know? You're just like, yeah, here's, here's this thing that I created. Enjoy. Yeah. It's like it, it screams and it poops and it eats. Yeah. Well, what else does it do? Mm-hmm. It moves around. That's it's stupid, so it'll do funny things on accident. That's <laughs> not how life works. <laughs> okay. Our kids are fucking stupid. <sighs> uh, there have been numerous spin-offs from the book over 50 years, including toys, puzzles, cutlery, clothes, video games, bed linen, cards, and even shower gels. <laughs> <laughs> a special commemorative song written and produced by Matt Reeves has earned more than a million hits on YouTube. That's pretty baller. One spinoff deemed a flop was the 1993 television adaptation made by the production company that filmed The Snowman. It was awful. 
god awful. I'm ashamed of it. He oh, says. damn. His wonderful legacy includes Papa, please get the moon for me. Does a kangaroo have a mother too? Slowly, oh. slowly, slowly, said the sloth. Mr. Seahorse, the very busy spider, and the wonderful, the very quiet cricket, which is about a lonely cricket who starts to sing again after meeting his true love. No. Carl says the tale was evoked by memories of the time he spent outside with his father. Carl's own favorites, incidentally, were Why Noah Chose the Dove, a book he illustrated for Isaac Beshevis, um, and his own Do You Want to Be My Friend. Carl sometimes told children he met at book signings that er, that growing up can be very difficult. He was convinced that young readers loved The Very Hungry Caterpillar because it arouses simple emotions and a sense of hope. His book conjures those feelings in adult readers, too, not least for the dream that after a week of gorging through apples, strawberries, plums, pears, an ice cream cone, chocolate cake, a pickle, a slice of Swiss cheese, a piece of salami, a lollipop, a piece of cherry pie, a sausage, a cupcake, and one slice of watermelon, it's possible to reemerge as a beautiful butterfly. Experts, experts have pointed out that some of the details in, Carl to, in Carl's illustrations are wrong. The butterfly wings are on upside down, a detail that has never bothered the amiable author. It's true, he says. They are, they are on upside down, but it's a fantasy. I am the artist, and I can do whatever I want. Get him. Fucking get him. Fuck yeah. Eric Carle's art is distinctive and instantly recognizable. Yes. His artwork is created in in a collage technique using hand-printed papers, which he cuts in layers to form bright and colorful images. Many of his books have added dimension, die-cut pages, twinkling lights as in The Very Lonely Firefly, and even the lifelike sound of cricket songs in The Very Quiet Cricket. The themes of his stories are usually drawn from his extensive knowledge and love of nature. An interest shared by most small children. It's true. Carl attempts to make his books not only entertaining, but also to offer his readers the opportunity to learn something about the world around them. When writing, he attempts to recognize children's feelings, inquisitiveness, and creativity, as well as stimulate their intellectual growth. It is for these reasons, in addition to his unique artwork, that many feel his books have been such a success. In his own words... With many of my books, I attempt to bridge the gap between the home and school. To me, home represents, or should represent, warmth, security, toys, holding hands, being held. School is a strange and new place for a child. Will it be a happy place? There are new people, a teacher, classmates, will they be friendly? I believe the passage from home to school is the second biggest trauma of childhood. Agreed. The first is, of course, being born. Indeed, in both cases, we leave a place of warmth and protection for one that is unknown. The unknown often brings fear with it. In my books, I try to counteract this fear to replace it with a positive message. I believe that children are naturally creative and eager to learn. I want to show them that learning is really both fascinating and fun. See, now that's an admirable goal. Hell yes, it is, man. That's That's fucking pure. That, across the board... The books that we've covered yeah. have all had that type of mindset. That's true. Yeah, that's absolutely you true. You know, because Clifford... Well, Charles except for Silverstein. Scary Stories. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even even Scary Stories and Goosebumps yeah. were to show you yeah. not everything is roses. Yeah. You know, like... It served a purpose. Exactly. Um, 
For over 30 years, Carl and his second wife, Barbara Morrison, lived in Northampton, Northampton, Massachusetts. As of 2019, he lives in Key West, Florida. Carl has a son and a daughter. With his wife, he founded the Eric Carl Museum of Picture Books, our picture book art, a 44,000 square foot um, museum devoted to the art of children's books in Amherst, adjacent to Hampshire College, as part of the Hampshire College Cultural Village. That's awesome. The museum has welcomed more than 500,000 visitors, including more than 30,000 school children, since it's opened its doors in 2002. Eric Carl has received numerous honorary degrees from colleges and universities, including Williams College in 2016, Smith College in 2014, Appalachian State University in 2013, and Bates College in 2007. Baller. Google played tribute to Carl and his book, The Fairy Hungry Caterpillar, by asking him to design the Google Doodle introduced on its homepage in March 20, 2009, celebrating the first day of spring. He also designed a Google Doodle with uh, autumnal theme use for use in the Southern, Ham- uh, sum- southern Hemisphere. Uh, the Very Hungry Caterpillar was chosen by Jumpstart for Young Children as the book for the Read for the Record 2009, uh, October, 8 of that, October 8th of that year. The program encourages educators, librarians, and parents to, ha- to try to have as many as possible read the same book on the same day all over the world. That's cool. That's really cool. That's really cool. Carl has won numerous awards for his work in children's literature, including the Japan Picture Book Award, the Regina Medal, and the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Society of Illustrators. Dude. Yeah. And most for his collages, all from 1989 to 2008. In 2003, he received the Laura Ingalls Wilder Award, now called the Children's Literature Legacy Award, from the Professional Children's Librarians, which recognizes an author or illustrator whose book books published in the United States have made a substantial and lasting contribution to the literature for children, which big time definitely did. Huge. The committee cited his visual observations of the natural world and his innovative designs. Taking the medium of collage to a new level, Eric Carle creates his books using luminous colors and playful designs, often incorporating an interactive dimension, tactile or auditory discoveries, Die-cut pages, fold-outs, and other innovative use of page space. Which is very true. It absolutely. Dude's a trailblazer as far as that style of artwork goes. Absolutely. Uh, In 2019, a jumping spider mimicking a caterpillar was named in Carl's honor to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the publication of The Very Hungry Caterpillar uh, and to celebrate his 90th birthday. That is awesome and terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Hell no. To the no, no, no. Yes. Hell to the no. The first art museum exhibition, Eric Carl's Picture Books, celebrating 50 years of the Very Hungry Caterpillar, will be on display October 18th, 2019 through February 23rd, 2020. Cool. Do you know who's also very hungry, but for knowledge? Uh-huh. I got an idea. Oh, that might that be. It's our boy, Facty. Oh, yes. Facty, the fat in the box. Because of the book's central transformation, the caterpillar retreats into a cocoon, only to re-emerge as a butterfly. 
The book is often thought to have religious uh, undertones, and it's a popular addition to sermons and Sunday school curriculums. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I don't necessarily. I mean, they'll, they'll agree make a parable out of fucking anything. It's true. Um, a young Erst, a young Erst, a young East German librarian once told Carl that she opposed the book on the basis of capitalism. <laughs> she said, "This book would never have been published here. The caterpillar represents a capitalist. He bites into every fruit, just takes one bite, and moves on, getting fatter and fatter." He's exploiting everything. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Calm down. Yeah. Musician Dolly Parton, who has been a fervent campaigner for children's literacy through her imagination library, she's an amazing literacy philanthropist, says Carl, has even written an afterword for the special 50th commemorative edition of the book, published by Philomel, the children's imprint, uh, children's imprint of Penguin in America. So, I mean, fuck. Yeah. Dolly's endorsement. In 2010, Seabird Co. Ltd. debuted an educational video game based on the Very Hungry Caterpillar. Curiously, even though the book itself serves as an early tool for teaching counting, the video game, The Very Hungry Caterpillar, focuses on uh, the ABCs and language basics. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Switch it up a bit, but that's cool. The Very Hungry Caterpillar has been translated into more than 60 languages, That's awesome. including Yiddish, Urdu, Ukrainian, Tamil, Somali, Punjabi, Luxembourgish? <laughs> Got me, man. Uh, Latvian, Icelandic, Gaelic, Frisian, hmm? Catalan, and Aramaic. Which is like, fuck. Wow, dude, Aramaic's like the deadest of the dead languages. Yeah, they're like, okay, whatever. So like, this fucking right. caterpillar over there. If you ever come across Jesus, you'll be able to get the very hungry caterpillar. <sighs> and so we reached the end of a, another wild ride here at Toys R Us. If you like what you heard and learned, and you'd like to continue learning, consider doing the following. Leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes slash Apple Podcast. It helps feed us. Yes, it does. Um, We're not caterpillars, but we are hungry. That's very true. Hungry for success. Hungry for fucking success. Uh, You can follow us on all social medias. We're at Toys R Us Podcast across the board. And you can support us by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Toys R Us Podcast. Until next time, remember after your Thanksgiving meal... Just eat a leaf the next day, and it's all gravy, baby. Yeah, baby. And remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid. I'd like to take the time out to thank our patrons. We couldn't do this without you. So, thank you to Jeremy, Jessica, Nicole, Amy, Nicole, Nicole, Juanita, Sabrina, Shannon, and Steven. Thanks a bunch, guys. I can't do this. I can't give up my favorite foods, cold turkey. Oh my god, turkey, turkey. <laughs> With pillowy mounds of mashed potatoes. Pillowy mounds of ma- mashed potatoes. Pillowy mounds of mashed potatoes. Pillowy mounds of <laughs> pillowy mounds of mashed potatoes. Pillowy mounds of butter drenched dress. Pillowy mounds of mashed potatoes. Pillowy mounds of what the heck is this? Pillowy mounds of mashed potatoes. Pillowy mounds of batter and gravy. Pillowy mounds of mashed potatoes. 